Hello guys, welcome to the show. This is Jorge. And this is Viv. And this week we have a good friend, E-Jazz here. What's up, world? So this week we're just going to talk uh, talk with our friend E-Jazz um, and you know get to know him a bit more and get you guys to know about him a bit more because he's uh, he's just not with it. Not just within our group of friends, but uh, he's an up-and-coming artist, so that's really cool. Uh, first, we'll start off with how's everyone's week. Viv, you want to start off? My week was... All right. My week was pretty normal, again. It was pretty busy. Um, I celebrated my mom's birthday over the weekend and my sister's birthday, and coincidentally, it's... It's kind of a busy time of the month year for like my family because it's there's my mom's birthday and then two days later it's my sister's birthday and then a week later it's my birthday. So there's hey. a lot of there's a lot of cake going around. So yours <laughs> So yours hasn't happened yet. Mine hasn't happened yet. Mine is on Sunday. Dang. Yeah. Soon too soon. Wow. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so we had a lot of festivities over the week and aside from that, I mostly just worked out, worked volleyball, regular shit. And then, yeah, had a team dinner yesterday after volleyball, just for my birthday. Oh, with uh, with the Veebs friends? With the Veebs friends, oh, yes. Nice. Yeah, the so, Veebs. Is that the volleyball team name? Uh, no, that's that just... like a slang, I guess. Slang or for saying volleyball. volleyball saying Veebs. Veebs, yeah, 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 there you go. Yep. I had yeah. a pretty, I played pretty well yesterday, I think. Ooh, so nice. So would you say, like, I got a Veebs game coming up? Yeah, yeah, like okay. yeah. it's the same way you would use yeah. volleyball. Right. Like the That's the terminology, bro. You're catching on. All right, so yeah. you had a pretty good game. Pretty good game. Mm-hmm. There's this one person that every single time I play against them, I always fucking block or want to joust or do some shit against him. <laughs> Damn. Wait, do I know this person? His name is Tommy. Oh, no, I don't He's know. He's not this exactly person. a friend, but somebody in like one of the, yeah, yeah. I guess, more skilled level teams. Yeah. And then I was able to joust him this one time, and yesterday I stopped blocked him. Oh god, feels <laughs> bad. So fucking nice. Feels bad. Good job. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, nice. What is a joust in volleyball? Uh, it's kind of like you both go up for the block, and you're both like pushing the ball at oh. the same so when time. When there's a ball so right in the center of the net, fucking yeah, and you want to try and push it on their side. <laughs> yeah, but if you push that's, too hard, probably feels real good. If you push too hard, your hand will hit the net, and then right. that's that's yeah. that's. That's instant right. foul, just right? Fall over so you gotta, or some shit. You gotta shit. finesse it. You gotta finesse, but if you don't put enough power, they'll they'll, they'll, they'll win the push drops. You. Yeah, right. yeah. Huh. And then the ball will essentially fall to the ground. You lose the point. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty fun. Yeah, pretty cool. Very nice. cool. Congrats. I was pretty proud of myself. Congrats. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Uh, how are you, Jazz? How was your week? You can elaborate as much as you want, man. Ah, uh, my week has been pretty great overall. Um. Specifically, the last three days, I was just taking, talking a little bit about it before we started. Um, but I started a course for uh, tower rescue. So I work as a tower rigger. I climb um, data LTE towers that are everywhere. I didn't even notice how everywhere they are until I started working here. But they're everywhere. Five yeah. G is gonna get you. It's it's gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get cancer, I, guys. Yeah, and you know. I, I am a little concerned about that, but I'm trying not to think about it. Well, I am thinking about it, but I'm trying to like have a developed opinion about it instead of just a random one, you know? Mm. Um, so that might unfold as I do this more and more, but ultimately I like climbing things. 
and uh, it pays well um, and it helps me go towards my goals, which I'll elaborate on later. So I'm happy to do it for now. Yeah. Um, How is the, what is the climbing tr- or rescue training course involved? Like, so it's, it was a three day course. I think it can be extended. Um, the guy that was uh, giving the course, shout out to David Amiot. I don't think he cares. I'm saying his name. <laughs> Big shout out to David Amiot. Best safety class I've ever received in my life. Ooh, hands nice, down. Like, nice. Literally, I said to him, you are a human textbook. Like you are, like it's just wild how how much he knows about stuff and how detailed his answers are. Like you don't even, you ask a question and you want the right answer, but you don't even, you're not even ready for the kind of answer he's going to give you because it just has everything packed in it. Like yeah. every, it's like, hey, why is this uh, legislative rule this? Well, actually, in 1880, this uh, organization formed, and it was headed by this person. But um, he made the rule this way, but then his position was taken over by this person, and the company turned actually into a different organization called this. So they changed the legislation a little bit to this, and then they actually ended up merging with it. it he just, like, goes on, Yeah. And it's but it's all useful. So shout out to him real quick. Um, the first day was mostly mostly theory and practical st- practice um, stuff, um, like a lecture. And he's going over legislation and stuff. The second day was um, the practical day, largely. So there was we have we have a shop right for work, and there's a really high ceiling at the shop, and we have ropes um, that are strapped up from the top, coming to the bottom. And we had a mock situation where um, there's somebody that's kind of fallen, or maybe they have diabetes and they had low blood sugar, so they lost all their movement yeah. or whatever. And they're just basically incapacitated and we have to go rescue them. So we have to basically like use this device called a hand ascender um, along with a small rope that we tie a specific kind of knot onto a big rope um, and then make a loop on that knot on the bottom near our foot so we can put our foot in there, lift ourselves up the rope, move the hand ascender up, and then kind of shimmy our way up this rope, which in a real setting can go up to like 200, 400 feet if we had to. Like a rope from the ground yes. all the way up? Whoa. In this setting, yes. I mean, there's all sorts of different ways you might have to rescue somebody from yeah. some sort of situation, whether it's a crane or a, like there's a maybe there's a building under them because they're working over a, the, the roof of a building. Um, but here, you know, we were only climbing about 10, 15 feet. So, yeah. and it was still hard. <laughs> like yeah. in a real that setting. That sounds hard. In a real setting, it would be quite the challenge. You really got to have your shit together, make sure everybody's on the same page. It might be a situation where it's just you and one other person, where in which case you really got to make sure that you're kind of calm, cool, collected, um, hydrated. Like you, it's like another example of why you got to take care of yourself for this job. Um, so you climb up and then you basically. Uh, use a device called a four to one pulley and it's a bunch of ropes um, that kind of go in a loop uh, it's one rope sorry that goes in a loop a couple times around the same device and you pull on it and it and once you attach it to the the patient it brings them closer to you so that way you can hook on they can hook onto you you take their weight you remove whatever their problem device is or their safety device you hook it onto your safety rope and then you can use a separate device to descend down the rope with them attached to you. Um, And then that was that. And then the other examples when they're falling on a tower, which is more likely what would happen in my uh, field of work because we're almost always at a tower. Yeah. And that was way easier because 
you had a tower to use to climb. You climb up, you, you know, get them to like a, is there flat surfaces or something you can lay them on or how does that work? I mean, when you, when you get to the ground, you, you want to lay them. So it depends on like what their state is. Um, ideally you want to have them in what's called a modified Fowler position. I'm, I'm surprised I remember that, but it's basically your knees are bent and your, your, uh, bent over at the waist about like 90 degrees and you kind of look like um, you look like that but you're standing on your feet so oh, okay. you, you look like a zed basically yeah, right yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and then over the course 15-30 minutes you want to lay them slowly on their back with their knees bent and then over some more minutes you kind of extend their feet out um, this is just not to cause any like immediate shock or change okay. their situation because they might have had was called suspension trauma because their harness is hooked up to them. They're dangling for a while. They, it probably cut, uh, cut off blood circulation. And if it's like that for a really long time and the blood from, let's say the bottom of their legs is not flowing up top. Um, it's not getting cycled through the body within like, I don't know that I can't remember the time, but it can start to turn toxic. And then, um, you, you ideally want to try and avoid that if you can, but if you don't avoid that, you don't want to rush all back into the system all at once. Yeah, they so can go into sh- they can go into shock because like yeah yeah it's new introduction of toxic stuff <clears throat> into them. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you 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 just want to lay them down gently, but if possible, you'll stand them up first in that position. Yeah. But if it's not possible, then you lay them down. I like see. That. I see. Yeah, and then um, and then yeah, and then today we just kind of did more practice like that um and we did like a mock situation where somebody was like trapped inside the tower instead of on the outside yeah and that was basically it so it was super super interesting it was a very cool qualification that like a year ago i did not think i was gonna have um so i'm pumped about it for sure it's it's Um, crazy because those those fall protection stuff like if you ever try falling on them, it's like it cinches your thighs and stuff. Yeah, it's like super uncomfortable, but it's to save you and stuff like that. Right? If in in the case of falling, but it's very uncomfortable. From my experience, I just thought of something, and I'm not sure if it's like TMI for what I guess, but I'm very happy with the size of my balls <laughs> <laughs> in this context. Nice, because they're like they're like I'd imagine if my balls were like super super huge. <laughs> It, it would, would be very be a uncomfortable. Nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I think I have very good for the job. Balls. Yeah, yeah. With the harness, yeah. No, I, I see yeah. that. I see that for sure. <laughs> nice. This is what came to my mind when I thought. Perfectly of that suited for the job. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's <laughs> like I imagine that it would actually be very problematic if I, because guys' ball sizes range. Right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. It can get pretty like. Big. Yeah. <laughs> so. Slightly not actually okay, not really to the balls at all. But my my friend had did some tower work too, and they had to like helicopter him into the areas. Is that the same for you? That's not like common. common oh, okay. But it is like okay. if I were to do this job for a while, because because most sites don't require that. Yeah. Oh, I see. Right. Most site you can drive a truck to it or something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. You can drive a truck. Yeah. Pretty much yeah. right. Okay. Um, but that is a real thing though. Or <sighs> Um, a couple months ago, one of my coworkers took a snowmobile up a mountain. 
Oh, that'd be so sick. Oh, that's so cool. Every day. Yeah, that'd be sick. But he said it was hella tiring though. Like, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, on to ride that. And shit. Yeah. Like it was actually hard. Yeah. Whereas a helicopter descent just seems badass. Yeah, like that's true. That's true. No, I, I know a lot of surveyors when they do like stuff for like oil sands and stuff, when they're doing survey like really out there, they mm. have to like take ATVs and like a yeah. couple of days worth of supplies yeah. just to go and do some surveying stuff. I was like, damn, that's, yeah. I mean, if you're outdoorsman, that's like the perfect type of career or job that for you sure. have, right? For I sure. mean, if you're not, then you'd fucking hate your life. You'd be like, yeah. bring me back to the city, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, you gotta like those challenges, you know. Yeah. Like, and yeah. for me, I definitely do. Like, they 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 give me. I like adventure. They give me. A, yeah. Know, they give me. I like adrenaline and adventure. So. Oh, I love adrenaline rushes. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, think. Me too. I think people nowadays don't think about it as much, right? They think about. I I, I mean, they. they <laughs> oh no! They usually think about like. As a career, you know, go to university, get a degree, all that oh. stuff. But I was like, guys, there's a lot of trades out there that's really cool, and like we need those people. But this trade in particular, if you're listening yeah. and you feel like you need something to do and you're not afraid of heights or you want an excuse to get over your fear of heights like there's 15,000 people that do in Canada it's not a whole lot damn like it's it's I got hired with no trades experience now I love rock climbing beforehand and I think I'm a go-getter and I'm good well I genuinely believe I could do the job so I think I could do I think I did the interview very well and I sold myself well but I backed it up too my performance but if you believe the same thing like literally just go get a job yeah yeah it's that it's I I want to say it's that easy. Like every company is hiring in the in the industry. That's international. Like legit, if you get if you get a year of this under your belt in Canada, you could probably probably go do it fucking wherever you want. Dude, I've seen videos cool. in like yeah. China and stuff. Man, it looks so 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 sketchy when yeah, you just see, like, walk around that stuff. <laughs> up yeah. in the clouds, right? It, so well, it's just like they they make it seem like nothing. They're just like walking the wires and shit up there. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. See, there's. <laughs> There's some stuff around the world in various fields that might be outdated yeah. or they're just like used to it culturally or whatever. Like Mexico, you can yeah. see a lot of stuff like that too. Um, but things are changing like in terms yep. of safety practices and, and types of equipment available and stuff like that, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, know. no, for sure. No, I, I know yeah. in certain part of the world it's a bit more... Yeah, on the dangerous side of things. But right? I definitely consider going to China to to do it. That'd be cool. Cause uh, I can speak enough Chinese to make it work. Really? Yeah, yeah. What Chinese, do you know? Mandarin. Oh yeah. shit. But um, I'm like I don't have any Mandarin speaking friends anymore. Like primarily Mandarin speaking friends. Yeah. Since I finished university, so I don't really use it that often anymore. Anyway. And. But if I was there, I, it, would, it would come back. You'd probably pick it up pretty that fast. That was my minor in university was Chinese. Oh, oh nice. Whoa. That's yeah. cool. Is there anything you can see right now? Uh, <laughs> I just said what I mean, you said. Like, babe, do babe. you have anything you can say right <laughs> oh, now? Babe doesn't gonna, actually know Mandarin. I was going to so say, fuck, uh, I don't know what you said. Uh, <laughs> like you said something about today. I <laughs> I can speak Chinese, but uh, I actually don't speak that much because I have no Chinese friends. So feels bad. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's, that's really so good. Cool. That's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Nice. Um, yeah. All right. We'll get more into that, uh, into Ija's life a bit. I'll talk about my week first. Yes, please. Um, so I had a minor finger sprain on Monday from volleyball. It wasn't too bad, but 
I like, I like mine. It, it, it's actually fine now, but I was like, they're, they're asking me a sub. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to risk it. Cause I have to play, I have to climb this weekend. So fuck that. Um, and then actually my workout's been really good. I do think for sure I've been getting like bigger, but, uh, definitely lifting more. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. I feel like, I don't know if we have like stages. So I feel like right now, for some reason, my hair grows faster and I feel like maybe my body's growing faster too. You know, you went through puberty. No, I swear there's, there are some months where, so like usually I cut my hair like the same time every month. Yeah. Just the same day that of, of oh, each month. Nice. Uh, but then some months it's longer at that time and some months it's shorter. So That's I interesting. feel like maybe there's your a nutrition thing. is up during some time. It could be, it maybe my circadian rhythm is more optimized. It could be, I'm getting better stuff. I don't know. Like maybe in the summer it grows. I want to say, I don't know more, maybe. Um, getting more sunlight, getting yeah. something right. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I'm just gonna ride the wave and see see how far I can get with it. So over the winter, your hair was growing more. It was growing faster. So because winter is bulk time, right? So yeah. maybe your hair's bulking too. Maybe, maybe. But then now I actually feel like I'm bulking a bit easier. So that's that's pretty cool. That's sick, man. Yeah. Um, You're looking shredded for the record. Let's for fucking all go. Of those that can't see. Let's uh, fucking Jorge go right now. Uh, it's, shredded. It's 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 my dream. Absolutely massive. You look <laughs> like you take trend. Dude, okay, sometimes I see people at the gym and I see them lift so much. I was like, I envy that, but then they'll stand up and I'll see their legs. I'm like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want those chicken legs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I generally don't understand why people don't do legs. It's literally half of your body. Yeah, it's literally half. Yeah. I mean why? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean like the jail bod thing I get because you're in jail and you're basically just trying to fight people off from Yeah, yeah. R wording you, <laughs> which I still think kicks would help. You should probably still work out your yeah. Legs, but I guess ultimately, I, I mean, I think a big thing that people don't like. I think squats a huge thing for your legs, but I think just running actually makes your legs really big too. Oh, for sure. Oh, really? Like oh, it, it, you don't think about it, but like my all the pants I wear when I started running was like whatever size, and now they're all more tight around like the thigh and glute area. And I was like, yeah, I didn't do anything th- different. Maybe I got a little bit fat, but I was like, during that time, I was about <laughs> the same weight. So I don't think so. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because a lot of people equate running with... Like thinning down yeah. and being very skinny and Probably. stuff. But it's hard, especially if you're pushing yourself. Yes. Like, you, like, yeah. just, I think about like horses, man. Just like a horse leg. That's like, true. They're running around all the time. Those legs are huge. That's true. You don't want to be a horse. You want to be a stallion with a big horse dick. Yeah. You got to run more. <laughs> You got a jaw. You said you there it is. Uh, you heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here. Uh, so, um, catching folks up on my resolution this week, yeah. I printed a vice. Uh, so to prove to everyone, I'll pass it around. You guys can look at the vice I printed. Um, it's cool for like little small projects. You can clamp it to the vice. You know, you can actually. This would be really cool for uh, painting the JV keychain. Cause you could clamp it there and paint without getting your fingers dirty. You get paint all over the place. True, but I could like just put like a piece of paper, like a towel over and stuff. But anyways, did uh, it all click into place? No, you have to keep spinning and they'll. No, I mean like when you're putting it together because I can see. No, I think I snapped one part, so I had to reprint something. But uh, it is what it is. Really, just. Uh, for my reading resolution, I am done my books. I'm one, two, three, four, five books done. Nice, Nice, nice. Wow. About here, Ooh. these ain't baby books either. Damn, <laughs> this man reads. Uh, it fucking sucks, dude. So like the first book it I goes. read in this series. Uh, so this is the Book of Babel series. The first book I read was about three hundred pages. Yeah. 
Second book I read was about like four fifty, and I think this one's now six hundred. Like every time they write a new book in this in this series, they just make it thicker and thicker. Kind of like Harry Potter. Uh, so I'm like pretty sad about it because I I told myself I'll read twenty six books, but they keep fucking getting thicker and thicker. So you um, think it's never gonna end? It's just gonna, yeah. it's just gonna get to like three thousand yeah. pages. At some point, I'm just saying, hey guys, this counts as two books, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I I, I, I think I, I have to make that. a metric for myself. Like here, let's see what's what's the average book size. What is the average? I feel like it's be relatively novel. small. It's gonna be less than three hundred pages, I think. Okay, average novel length. Oh yeah, thanks Google. What about uh, pages? Yeah. Okay, so. <coughs> In pages, I mean I it's gonna change. A better okay, so approximately two hundred pages is fifty thousand. So it ranges between two. So it's actually around three hundreds average. So the first book I read in the series was, was yeah, about average, right? But it's like almost doubled in size by now, right? Um. So I mean, it wouldn't be unfair to like set a metric for yourself at the be well beginning stages of this yeah. resolution and then go it's, by that it's too late brother yeah <laughs> i already said okay if i read any less than 26 books this year everyone's gonna everyone's gonna call me out what i mean is yeah, that all our listeners in this podcast. everyone's gonna call me out but like you know if we're going by average is about ninety thousand words that's 300 pages right these guys are fucking savages, bro. Okay. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. <laughs> They're just like, nope, you said 26, Jorge. Right. You said 26. All right. You're going to power through this one. I and have you're going to read like 10 Goosebumps I books mean, after. <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. True. And then the other book I got from my other series is longer than this. The the last just... book of the Jade series. So uh, I have two hard ones coming up. Um, so yeah, I might have to walk, read some uh, Treehouse or was it Treehouse? Magic Treehouse. Magic Treehouse books. Yeah. Uh, you know, easy. I literally have a box of Goosebumps books in my car right now. What? Why? Um, they're at my dad's house, and he was like, "I might throw these. Do you want them?" And I was like, "I feel like I should say no, but I can't." <laughs> I of course, them. yeah, they're books. I don't have any room in my bookshelf, but um, damn, you have a stacked bookshelf. I have a stacked bookshelf that does not. I haven't actually read a book this year. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I'm a bit of a fraud, but I do love books. I do love reading, but what kind of books? Um, lately I've been reading... really like in the last two years lately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I've only read like one book a year or two books a year. Um, the last book I read um was by it's called breakfast of champions i can't remember who the author is amazing book highly recommend it is it like a self-help thing or no no it's fiction. um it's it's fiction but it's okay. like uh the author is like self-aware kind of oh, like okay, um, okay. series of unfortunate events but not a children's book yeah yeah and just the the fourth wall yeah. interaction in the book is really really nice that's and cool really funny Ooh. um that guy i can't remember his name but he does a lot of great books um, and then a book that I read usually once a year that I lent to somebody and I don't remember who, so I can't ask for it back. <laughs> um, it's called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Oh, I thought you were going to say like Sun Tzu or something. No, that's The Art of War. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Which I also own, but I haven't read yet. Okay, so this is The War of Art, not The Art of War. Okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, highly recommend The War of Art to any, any, especially artists, but basically anybody with some sort of endeavor they want. Is to it also about. fictional? Like, no, that was a self-help book. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Um, a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, 
and it's a lot of good reminders for me to read every year. Um, there's a, uh, I can't remember now, it's been a while, but there's three, it's separated into three books, basically. It's not a long book, but it goes like book one, book two, book three, instead of chapters. Mm. And one of them is about the professional and what it means to be a professional in a very like broad sense, right? It's not specific to art. Right. Um, and it's just, yeah, that's why I think it, it could apply to basically anybody who wants to just develop some sort of discipline. Yeah. Nice. I think Viv's pretty into self-help books. I gave up on self-help books a while ago. Mm. I don't know I like why. Them. I, I think they're hit or miss. I mean, they're not yeah. they're not all, some are specific, some are gen- broad. Um, I, I think for me, I just enjoy fiction a lot more, but like self-help books are good. Usually every self-help book, I learn what, like I retain at least one thing. Mm. I was like, okay, this is the thing I'm going to take out of this book. Right? right. Like the rest is just, you know, the yeah. stuff around. So but this the, is the one the thing, thing I really- for Buck is not- like yeah and i think uh for me the enjoyment factor matters quite a bit i I have a very vivid imagination so the fiction part really helps Mm -hmm. it really lets me stimulate that a lot more so um yeah that's that's why i'm usually very much into fiction favorite fiction book i have a favorite fiction author uh christopher moore so i've read every one of his books um let me see how many does he have he has a new one that just came out not too long ago. Uh, I unfortunately am a cheap asshole, so I don't buy any of his books. I have borrowed all of them from the library, every single one except that's for one. Sick. Like yeah. I, I use the library a lot. Yeah, that's uh, very cool. So this, uh, this <clears throat> is the only book I own is The Lamb. Uh, it's the one book pretty... that I thought was this was one of my favorite books. It's pretty much uh, a gospel according to Biff. So Biff is supposedly Jesus' best friend and um in this book in this or, book in okay, this book okay. and then so a lot of the gospel starts with you know he's born and then 30 years later he begins his prophecies and stuff like that mm. uh so this is just a play on what happened in between the 30 years and stuff and that sounds yeah, awesome yeah like he learns kung fu and all these things. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it's just funny yeah yeah uh but yeah so every one of christopher mm. moore books i have read except for razzmatazz this just came out not too long ago uh so i'll probably pick it up in the library after i'm done the next two books one. i have yeah yeah so I don't know. I use the library a lot. I think the big thing for me was when I was working in Fort Mac, I was completely alone. It was really sad, but I just borrowed books and read every day. And like, I went through so many books. That's like, like that. the most wholesome oh, nice. use of yeah. boredom time in yeah. Fort Mac. <laughs> yeah. Like pretty much my day was work, go home. Cause we have a shuttle back from the, from the, from the site. Yeah. Go to the gym and then the gym's connected to the library. So before I go home from the gym, I'll go pick up a book go that's home incredible. and then within two days I'll go return it and grab a new one wow um, what a life damn yeah. yeah so I literally did that for like four months so that's I, I went through a bunch of books be connected to a library <laughs> I mean we have Clearview that's connected to a library yeah I don't know yeah. where else there is though um Meadows oh Meadows yes. is yeah. connected to a library yeah sick yeah yeah. I mean that, that'd be really good for me like right now I have a <clears> library <throat> I have like I obviously have some libraries close to me there's one really close to my work and that's the one I've been using I I love the Edmonton Public Library. I just like whatever book I want, I just put it on hold. They bring it to the library I want, I just go and pick it up. That's very cool. Yeah, I respect that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't really buy many books. Uh I just get them as gifts or if I really like one, like the lamb, I, I actually bought that one. And I've I've read it twice already, so nice. Yeah. Uh and then the last thing I did for this week to complete my resolution, I went to my first Toastmaster session. 
Whoa! Yeah. Oh my god, how like, was to it? To become a Toastmaster? I mean, so Toastmasters is like a group of club about like public speaking and speech and stuff. It's like yeah. Toastmasters International. There's like, I think like 40, 50 some clubs in Edmonton itself already. Oh. Uh, they're pretty much all over the world. Uh, I went to my first one. It was pretty cool. Which um, which one did you go to? I went to N Orators. Okay. Uh, so it's just some random Northside one. I was talking to Viv about this before. I didn't want to go to the university one because I didn't want to feel old. <laughs> I told you no I told you you wouldn't feel old there's a lot of people that graduate and come back and like oh. go there there's also people that are in their like late 40s late 30s that go so I also right. thought about that and I also thought so there is a group of Toastmaster clubs that are all downtown they go during the lunch hour and stuff Yeah, and that's probably like very tailored to the young professional so I was like oh that'd be great for me but uh, this one that I went to is mostly old people like most of the people are all retired and stuff mm. and um, I don't know like I feel like this is the most out of comfort zone of group, and that's why I should pursue it more. Mm. Like so. this specific nice. group. Yeah. Uh, but I will try out one or two other ones because uh, they even encourage me. It's like, just try out a couple of them, and then whichever one you like. Try the most. U of A one. one one time. Well, yeah, that one seems like just right now they'd be pushing your comfort zone too a little bit. A, a little bit, but I'm not too, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's more within my comfort. Because they're more closer to my age and stuff like oh, that. Oh, right? So, like, this being an older group, like, yeah. I feel like I have to learn to slow down a bit more and learn to converse with people that don't know me as well and I don't know them as well. So, it will force me to understand other people faster in order to communicate better. Oh, I like how you're thinking about that. Yeah. That's uh cool. But I'll see. The only problem with the U of A one too is like there's no parking there, which is kind of <laughs> yeah, <annoying. laughs> yeah, that's true. That's right. Idea is completely yeah, scrapped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Scrapped. Um, but I'll I'll try a couple before. Like I have decided that I will join this year. Like this is the year I'll do it. Uh, I just want to see exactly what club because if I'm gonna meet these people once a week, I want to know that you know I get along with them and you know this. Do you is... get a good vibe from this one. This is good. And I think the other nice thing is that there's not that many people here, so everyone had an opportunity <laughs> to really like try stuff out and engage i'm not sure how big the university one is how many people yeah i was just gonna ask how many people uh so this one was i think like six or seven mm. what oh yeah yeah so when we did table topics we all got two minutes okay yeah the u of a one has like like 20 yeah so i feel like if it's yeah. less people i'll be more able to engage like i actually don't have much of a fear of public speaking mm. and like, I don't give a fuck about what people think. So it doesn't matter. I don't think the U of A would benefit me any more than having more time to practice. Right. Is, is kind of my thought process. Not the idea of, like, having a bigger audience potentially to practice in front of? I think right now, um, just like how I started podcasts, I think this whole Toastmaster thing is like a muscle. You just have to go and do your reps. Yeah, yeah. Like, if the more speeches I yeah. do and the more yeah. mistakes I make, I'm just going to get my reps in. Yeah. And I'm still going get, to get good feedback from these people because a lot of them are like distinguished Toastmasters. So they know what's right and what's distinguished. wrong. Distinguished. Dude. Like, I mean, these guys are like dinosaurs, but uh, it seems like they've been doing this stuff for a long time. So I assume yeah, they- and they're I, listening to the podcast. <laughs> I wish they were. Uh, but I assume they know what's up. So I'm just going to rely on their judgment, I guess. Yeah. I'm looking forward to you coming back and telling us what really cool speeches you hear. Because mm -hmm. when I went to Toastmasters, there was some pretty fucking moving speeches. Like, it felt like you were going to TED- going to a ted talk every time nice yeah but like what are they about like are they you just gonna give in a topic and you make a speech about it or how um so work? when you join table or uh, not table topics when you join toastmasters as an actual member they give you a booklet it's, it's different now but yeah oh shit okay well when i went they yeah. give you a booklet and then 
there's like 12 chapters and each chapter gives you a certain type of speech to work on the first one is an icebreaker so you get i think it was mm. like five minutes yeah, five to seven years. yeah five to seven minutes to talk about yourself and that's pretty much the the only thing on your agenda for that one and the second one i believe was to make a speech without using your notes basically just have a speech ready on any topic that you want without having any notes to back you up mm. and then some of them are like give a very moving feeling or another one would be use a presentation or use a prop mm. or make the crowd imagine a feeling or something like that okay so, so it really kind of is like a ted talk in the sense that it could be yeah. about almost like anything. anything yeah so i think the new way they set up they definitely want more money that's for sure okay <laughs> uh but now they have like modules you can buy so like you get free i think one or two modules at first i think there's like 10 total oh. modules yeah um and then you can pick the module based on what you want right so like one module will be mostly about like persuasiveness right so if you want to yes. learn how to be more persuasive someone into doing then something. you can do there's like multiple speech practice just to get better at persuasiveness right and then if you finish that module, you can buy a different module. One of them could be like humor. Another one could be like leadership or something. So, dude, I mean, it's it's a little annoying that you had to buy this stuff. But, uh, I mean, I mm. guess this is me investing in myself. I guess. Yeah. So that's the way you have sure to it think is. about it. For sure. For so, sure. I, I definitely will join one. Like, I promised everyone. Guys, like I said, when, when I yeah. say shit on the podcast, I don't fuck around. Okay? Let's go. Uh, but uh, it'll just take me some time because I want to try out some clubs before I like commit to one to go all the time, right? Smart, I feel right. like that's a that's a fair way of starting this this new journey. And I'm you only have so much time to try these different clubs because you got to power through these books. Yeah, <laughs> fuck man, these books <laughs> take up so much of my fucking time. But I mean, I enjoy it. like they're actually good stories. Yeah. The the thing the thing I'm a little sad about these books is that, um, it's like the OA for me. So I don't know if you guys know. The OA for me was a show that I watched on Netflix. I told Viv to watch. I think she ended up watching season I heard one. I about it, but I never watched it. I watched season one for um, sure. I thought it was a really, I don't remember if I watched season it was a really oh. cool and thought-provoking show Yeah. Uh, that almost no one will watch. It's the same way I think I feel about these books. These are so cool and thought-provoking. Like it's, it's almost like you want to talk to people about the book. Like you want a book club yeah. with it. But I was like, yeah, no one's yeah. ever going to read this shit. I know it. I know it. I know no matter how. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's also another thing. I feel like when people try to convince convince me to watch a show, I'm like, ah, fuck that. But then if I just spontaneously find it myself, then I'm more intrigued and more willing to try it. Mm. I feel like that sometimes is the same with books too. Oh, so no, like, it's the same with me. If I try to like force this book to someone, I feel like they won't love it as much as if they discover it themselves. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I, I could see that for sure. So then, that, I don't think that just applies to books either. Yeah. That could be like many different media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Usually, I guess, in the beginning of the podcast, I'll just let people know what book I'm reading. I highly doubt anyone will. But if anyone does, I'd love to talk to them about it. Mm. I think the books are so cool. Um, cool. And so I guess at the end of this book, or even during this bo these books, I could kind of talk a bit about the, the like what it's about. Like This one right now is really cool, the the Book of Babel. It's, it's a four-book series. Pretty much this guy and his wife goes to this Tower of Babel. He loses his wife. And he pretty much takes all these books to try to find her again. And she's lost and stuff. And it's a very, like, touching, romantic, oh, loving wait, story. He loses his wife like she dies? No, or? no, like, oh, she like gets she... lost. Oh, okay, and, like, okay. it's been known in, ba in, like, in the Tower of Babel, when you enter and you have people with you, you tie a rope around each other. But he didn't know that, right? Uh, and then she got lost. And then it's just, like, a very, like... It's a very funny and adventurous story, but very romantic. Because, like, for me, there's so much emotions. It's like, you know, you lost someone so important to you, and he's trying with all his life to find her right 
uh it's this is by no means like a romance book but it's still like an adventure book but it's very uh it touches the human a lot the, the human aspect mm. so i don't know i I, th- I think it's a pretty cool book nice and like <laughs> lengthy too for such a story yeah yeah I, I mean i always like books with a little bit of humor so this is good there's a lot of uh, not a lot but there's some satire some some sarcasm so it's, it's pretty funny Hey man, if you want to look up, if you want to look into Breakfast of Champions, uh, Breakfast is, of Champions. Is, is quite a humorous book. I, 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 like books that make me audibly chuckle out loud is already like, that's pretty, gets that's a, pretty sick. Gets yeah. a clap for me. Like for a while, for the longest while, and this was taking me forever. I don't think I got that far. I was, you know how there's like a top 100 classic books and stuff like that. And usually like, um, what's that farm book where it teaches you about communism? Fucking no farm. That. Yeah, yeah, Animal Farm, yeah. 1984, yeah. like a bunch of these books are on it. George Orwell, yeah. Yeah, and I read through like 20 or 30 of them. I couldn't get through all 100. Like, I think I got stuck on like wow. J- Jane Austen stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I was Good like, job. Good on you, fuck, though. I can't. Like, I just couldn't do Jane Austen. I was like, Ugh. Well, were you binging it all at once? It was one after the other, yeah, which I think that's... was the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got through around like 20 or 30 of them total. And then I'm like, I can't, I can't read this old timey shit anymore, man. <laughs> I, have I haven't on. even, I, I've been meaning, like, it's in the back of my mind to read 1984. I have a, I have really a list good. of books to read on my phone. Like, I, I love reading, but I don't do it very oh often. God, same here. I just feel like that time will free up more once I'm actually a paid content creator. Because uh, right now, a lot of my free time is taken yeah. up by stuff like that. Uh, my mentality to this has changed a lot. Um, I treat reading like exercise now. Oh, great. So, and like people don't know this, but I treat exercise like work. Like if I have to go to work today, I have to go exercise, Mm. right? Mm. Um, So in my mind, I find that if you, like as I've grown older, um, time has become more scarce. So no matter how much I think I'll have more time later, I feel like it never happens for me. Mm. So unless you make it a priority, uh, it just won't like, you can like for me i back then i'd be like oh yeah after i'm done the semester it'll be easier and stuff like that no it's 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 always been worse and worse and worse like as in like my time gets more and more used up so yeah. uh yeah. lately i've been treating reading especially because i made the fucking resolution yeah. uh that you know this is like work for me well hell of respect man hell of respect to that and to that mentality of treating exercise like work yeah exercise very important um and it takes work yeah it takes energy and um, it's important, and a lot of people could benefit from it. So that's a fucking dope mentality, man. Just the discipline mindset. I mean, I feel like most people that go to the gym have this mindset, though. So I feel like, for sure. Yeah. And like, I I love going to the gym. I love exercising. I love working out. Yeah. But even in my realm of exercise, I still don't. I don't have time for books. Mm, like, yeah. Like, my work is exercise. Um, I have a bunch of different sports and stuff as hobbies that are exercise. Um, like I love rock climbing. I love snowboarding. I just started practicing Muay Thai. Ah, I'm doing a lot. And, and I, like, I'm always over the place. Like I played hockey for 10 years. I played soccer for 10 years. I love playing tennis in the summertime. That's just sports. And then, you know, mental exercises and stuff. I like to use a lot of video games for that as well. I play Super Smash Bros. Melee Heavy, which I'll probably talk about later. What about Ultimate? Um, Ultimate is dope. I don't play it as much, uh, almost ever. But not because I don't like it or it's not fun or anything like that. It's just because time, time, uh, and I see, I see. Um, like I'm very deep in the rabbit hole. I'm of melee. I mean, I'm let's to it. let's go through that now. So is that yeah. 
you went through some of your hobbies. You like to play sports, Super Smash Bros. Yeah. How did you get into it? Why are you so into it? Is it an addiction obsession? Yes. <laughs> for sure. I like it. Um, I think Super Smash Bros. Melee is the best competitive video game of all time. Oh. Ooh. Viv's very into Ultimate. Ultimate's great, and it's up there. I got no beef with Ultimate or anything like that. But Melee is just... The, I would say, I would say, and I, I think this could be a matter of just like maybe more subjective than objective, even though when I say it, I kind of mean it objectively, but I, whatever, it's, it's still biased, right? Yeah. Um, melee is built off accidents. Like the game was rushed. The game had a deadline to be met and it wasn't even finished. It was released. It was meant to be a party game, right? Yeah. But there's so many bugs. There's so many things that just don't add up in the game that it developed this crazy intricate meta um, and technical skill requirement. Like the skill, the skill requirement um, is very steep for high-level melee. It's very, very, very steep. It's fast. It's it gives people carpal tunnel. Like it's people made boxes to play the game with instead of GameCube controllers. Oh, like Mortal Kombat type of style? Yeah, but not a joystick though. It's just all buttons. Oh, and there's different <laughs> brands. It all and and the first box was made by a fan. This, it, the game has never had Nintendo support and still doesn't. Hashtag free melee. I'm gonna get that tattooed on my chest. But. You should get a melee tattoo. I am gonna. I'm gonna get multiple. I'm gonna get free melee tattooed on my chest. I'm gonna get a game and watch tattooed like on me at this, some point. This kind of box you're talking about, Smashbox. So box arcade. Yeah. So yeah. there's a few different ones, but that's these are some examples. The first one was called. Um, it was made by a guy named Hacks. Uh, Hacks Money. It's called um, the Box B O X X. That's what uh, the first one was called. I believe it's the black one there. The fourth one, yeah. Um, that, <laughs> what the fuck? That looks so crazy. Yeah. So, it's like you're playing an instrument. For example, in Melee, there's a thing called dash dancing that Ultimate does not have, where you you go left and right on the joystick really, really fast, and your your character goes back and forth. Wiggles and then really there's fast, like, like clouds. Or the, yeah, that's right. They, they don't have that in Ultimate? No. You, you, can, you can dash left and right, but it's like... It's separate. It's not one fluid motion. You go into dash and out of dash, into dash and out of dash. Okay. When you dash dance, your character stays in dash the entire time that you're in that pocket. And that's um, important because um, it keeps your opponent guessing like what you're gonna do. Um, Cause you can act in so many different ways out of it and quickly cause you're still in the dash motion. And so instead of using the controller stick on the box, use the buttons to do that. So you're like, Oh, you're tapping. Well, Damn. Yeah. And like, that's just one example. There's a million other things you do on the box. I literally played a guy at a tur. I went to a smash tournament the other day, uh, which I would love to talk about as well. Uh, it was an amazing experience. Um, and there's people that make their own boxes. There's one guy that was playing on a box. I have a video on my phone. I'll show you after. And it was shaped like the roof of a house. Like, Oh, that's so cool. Oh my like, God. That's caps. so cool. Keyboard caps. This guy made it himself. That's sick. Damn, that's that's not that I'm a god cool. or anything, but like, like, damn. That rem- it was so cool. Okay, for some reason, maybe out of topic, but it reminds me <coughs> of those like 
the stuff that DJs use to like do the music where it's like a, yeah. like a six by six square or nine by nine square. Yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me of that. I don't remember yeah. what the keyboard is called, wonder- but there's also a keyboard where you put all your fingers on these little switches and depending on which direction you move the switch, it'll bring up a certain letter. Oh, is that like That's a new thing? I've seen that before. Thing. Can you give it a quick Google? What, what do you want me to search? I don't remember I don't what it's know. called, but different. Um... I mean, these all look fucking weird as Holy fuck. <laughs> uh, so I just searched alternative co- computer keyboards. This looks like I took mushrooms and looked at keyboards. <laughs> I mean, isn't the w- the ASDF, the whole WASD thing is all kind of like not intentional? Like there's no like rhyme and reason or efficiency to like how the keys are laid out. Mm. I feel like I heard a story about that. Oh, maybe the data hand? Holy shit. The fuck? I mean, what the hell is that? If you're listening to this, just Google data hand and then tell us what that is. Fuck it, man. Just chat GPT this stuff anymore. All voice oh, command. I'll just try and look this up. Okay, you try to look it up. But anyways, so that's why you think Melee is just well, on a different level. That's one it's, reason. It's very... art. I think Melee is the most artistic, uh, ex- expressive... Um, competitive video game of all time additionally so mm-hmm. um, i think the melee community really appreciates that when you are like looking at high level melee you can like tell which fox you're watching mm, i see there's different which styles fox. you can just see yeah and there's so much unexplored which is crazy it's 21 out for 21 years this game i'm still unexplored and it's more popular than it's ever been and <laughs> Um, but that that's not why I think it's better. That's just awesome. But that's yeah. not why I think it's the best. I think it's the best just oh. because of the the chess, the, the chess that you play in the game. The amount of, of factors, the amount of conditions you need to keep in mind at all times that are constantly changing on the fly and that can be changed and manipulated on the fly by you and your opponent. Um, it just, it's it's action-packed. It's, it's exciting. Um, I mean, you have to think for yourself... It, deep it is the yeah. deepest game like that people wouldn't ever know unless they tried to find out i see that's the thing you can definitely see that yeah it's called a care quarter keyboard all right do you have to spell the shit like ch a r a c h o r d e r care quarter keyboard uh oh what the fuck care quarter what? keyboard watch a video on how someone uses it care quarter okay let me see. Let me see how Caracorder works. All right, this guy's gonna use Caracorder. <laughs> exactly how you said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I just want to see him using it. I don't. I don't want to hear the. Oh, so each each <laughs> finger input direction gives you a different. Imp- it gives you a different output. Yeah, and uh, depending on okay. which one you move in what combination. Oh, there's combinations. So too? there's yeah. like a. Uh, a rhythm not rhythm there's a rhyme and reason to it and you just got to figure it out yeah so like each um switch on it has four directions and depending on which direction you click it'll put in a i guess a signal and depending on which fingers you move it'll bring out like a certain word or like certain characters it allows you to type essentially like faster than any other it kind of it looks like it was kind of inspired by a japanese keyboard oh because because like there's Tati tute ta well it it goes like a i u e o sa 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 shi tsu se so 
um, that's kind of how they organize their like alphabet. Mm. Yeah. And then if you're using that keyboard on a computer, like you press the S one, and then it branches out all of those ones. Oh. Like each each five of there kind of branches out, yeah. and you can pick one. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that. I thought you were gonna say a stenographer. That's what it reminds me of. I know that word. The fuck this is. Enographer. Oh, oh, that transcribes yeah, yeah. what goes on inside a court Wait, what, case. They use like a. What they use a special keyboard that kind of essentially has the same concept, where they have to press a certain combination of keys at the same time, and it'll bring up certain words. Oh. I never knew that. I literally thought they were just writing really I thought, fast. Yeah, I thought they were just typing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so with the caracorder, it would kind of use um. You know how right now you can like <laughs> swipe to type on your yeah. phone. Yeah. It would kind of use that stuff because it will recognize. You know, this pattern creates this exact word mm. without going through the entire steps of it, right? Yeah. The stenographer oh, so you can just does the be same really thing. fast with it once you get it. Yeah, you type it. You can type it at the same speed as someone's talking. But it almost has to be tailor-made to, um, like, your preferences too, right? Like how my mm. auto search for, or my yeah, auto swipe Or you just one. learn how to use the keyboard that way, right? Yeah, but I think you could probably customize it to whatever's easier. Like, for example, the word lawyer is probably, like, a certain set that's easier than other words. Maybe, oh, yeah. because mm. it's used more often. Like you don't right? want to use your pinky for lawyer, no way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so strange. Like that. <laughs> Down. If there's anybody out there who's using one of those, um, stenographer, stenographer, hit, hit us up and uh, yeah. dude, this is a dead art, no? Just fucking uh, voice audio transcribe now. Oh yeah, and yeah, have it probably. be so accurate. I mean, that's a whole different other. But even hole. even if you don't have audio trans uh, transcribe, can't you just video record and the audio transcribe too at the same I time so, and so. fix fix the issues if you do have any? I, I mean, that's so. faster than hiring a person or more efficient at least. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, yeah. I, I was like, I'm just, every time every time one of these examples gets brought up, the rest of them come flooding, you know what I mean, in my head. And I'm just like, oh, it's doomsday. What's it, the point? Yeah. True. But as much as I love talking about that, um, I do want to finish a tidbit on Melee, though. Okay. Because um, there's been kind of a meta that is or a tier list that's relatively with some slight flexibility been consistent over the years who's the most op like jigglypuff fox oh fox okay fox okay. has been number one since the beginning and then it's debatable i would say between fox and marth people say these days um yeah i would say that would be like the two um, but if there's no S tier and you're just making an A tier, then it might be like five in the A tier. Mm, if you're gonna have the S tier, probably be Fox and maybe Marth. I see that. Um, but Game and Watch has been very low on the tier list all of eternity. But some and and so have a lot of characters. So has Yoshi. Yoshi has been a mid to low tier character throughout all of Melee history. The current second best player in the world right now is a Yoshi player. Damn. Exclusively. And he's beaten all the top players at least one time. He won two. He won a super major and two majors in 2022. Um, he's from Japan. Um, he actually moved to Is Canada. Is that the kid? No, his name's Amsa. Okay. He's like uh, all these things. He's probably me. around mid 20s, I'm guessing. I tried to see him when I was in Japan, but uh, I didn't get to. But um, he's crazy. He's been just dialing in on Yoshi. Like I swear he's good. I swear he's good for the last like. 10 15 years right damn, damn good for and, him and then he finally got it yeah right? and now everyone knows like oh yeah like the people trying to act like 
they weren't doubting Yoshi yeah. the whole time. And I mean, I wasn't. I am so inspired by people like that, especially him. Um, a link won a won an invitational recently, uh, which is crazy. Link's been crazy low on the tier list, and then Axe, who plays Pikachu, won a super major one time. These are all like upsets, surprises, right? Usually, it's not what's happening. But after Amsa with the Yoshi, it really inspired me because I always kind of saw something with Game & Watch, but I didn't play the game enough or like try to be number one or something like that to try and take it to that level. Um, but Melee is very important to me. It's been in my life since I was in junior high. Um, it's Even though music is my favorite thing in the world and I want to be a musical artist, I think Melee is the thing that I've been the most consistently like passionate toward or following the most consistent thing that I've followed my whole life because I just love it so much and I want to I don't want to just have that be a, a thing like for no reason you know like I want to be out there in the world I would love to perform at a melee super major I want to like oh, commentate for for people because I feel like I have something to offer I have a personality and and I, I have some knowledge base but I'm my own person at the same time and I want to like meet with these people and talk about high level melee. I got to do that at the tournament. I'll get into that in a second. Dumb. It's such a good experience there. That sounds so um, exciting. But I mained Falco and Falcon. Um, first Falcon, and then I added Falco. But pretty much that for the whole time. And I had a game and watch, and I developed my game and watch through a melee uh, through a through a mod, a brawl mod called Project M. It was a brawl graphics with melee physics because when brawl came out, all the melee fans were like, "What the fuck is this? Like, this game sucks." They had tripping. You can trip in that game for no reason. Yeah. I was supposed to be competitive. You just fall down. It's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> the RNG factor. Yeah, it's just <laughs> dumb because that's how. That's when we knew that melee or Nintendo didn't care about making it competitive. And I swear to God, it was the melee scene that made Nintendo secretly add some more competitive elements to Smash 4 and Ultimate, even though they won't support Melee. But they... Anyways, yeah. Um, so, I think to myself, like, A, how, I like to stand out. I always love standing out. I always love being original and being weird. And B, like, what is the greatest contribution I could bring to the Melee community? It's... I'm not going to try and be number one because I want to try to... That's... That requires that would require me switching my music passion up. I think um, there is a top ten melee player named Laud, uh, and he's a full time doctor. Oh, and he's like top ten. Fuck top ten. Whoa, yeah. What the? Yeah, and he just like shows up sometimes and destroys people. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Yeah, and, and I, I believe that something like that could be possible for me to some extent. He plays Peach. Um, but um, like I said, Ams really inspired me. So because Game & Watch is so underdeveloped, because nobody plays them, uh, additionally, if I'm doing all this new dope shit, it's so much content that's not out there and so much. And so I decided a couple of days ago that I'm going to treat Game & Watch as like a project. It's not, it's not me trying to be number one. It's how far can I take this for science? And in that process... I'll learn a lot about what it takes to get to a certain level in a field that I can apply to multiple fields in my life. You know, can't be the master of many until you become the master of one first. And 
Uh, I'm not saying I'm going to be a Game & Watch master, but I do want to be Mr. Mr. Game & Watch. Mm, okay. Yeah, you want to be the awesome. Game & Okay, makes sense. Yeah, and then hopefully there's some prodigies later that take over and they go further than me. Like, that are would you, be sick. Are you planning on streaming this? Yeah, I make like videos. Twitch? Yeah, like, I, I make content for YouTube because that's a lot easier um, than having, like, a consistent stream schedule or something like mm-hmm. that. I do kind of just throw, start streaming up when, I, when I'm doing stuff. And I usually just kind of like be in my own world and do whatever I'm doing. I'm not really looking at the chat. Um, if I didn't have to work like a full-time regular, so to speak, job, I probably would stream more. Um, but until then, it's not a priority to stream. Mm-hmm. I, I'm more so down for the the content, the making, the the... And it's a lot easier because one guy during COVID, one guy made a brilliant lag-free online system for melee oh really to save the community because it's always been like an in-person game you play on these tiny crt tvs COVID happened everyone's like how is the community gonna survive one guy named fizzy hashtag fizzy shout out one time to fizzy the (laughs) god like tournaments started happening online yeah and metas started developing online. Now all these different people from around the world that didn't have a community directly around them could participate. The scene just, the community just grew. Um, all because the dedication of this one guy. Super amazing. That's pretty sick. Um, and 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 it's literally if I start making content from game uh, from this, and like it helps me, it develops the game and watch meta. It gets me more involved in the community, which it already is. It's all thanks to this guy. Like I really yeah, want to yeah. meet him and fucking give him a hug. And I mean, he essentially decreased the distance for the community, right? You can play with whoever you want without like. I actually wonder how the. It's better online than Smash Ultimate's online. I wonder how the how does he get rid of the like from like. It's a system called rollback, so it's basically. Um, I, I was really good at explaining it before, so. You keep doing your inputs as you want to do it. Mm-hmm. The system registers your inputs. And if there is any sort of lag that comes, it will ca- the the game itself will catch up to where the game state would be if everybody's mo- inputs were were registered, not due to lag. So it still reads your inputs. With regular lag, when you get a lag spike, it doesn't read your input. Mm. So this still keeps everyone's inputs going. So when the tiny bit of lag is done and the game state resumes, you're where you would have been if there was no lag. Mm, okay. Yeah. And it's so minuscule that it essentially is Usually, like no lag. Yeah. Okay, like okay. obviously if it gets super, super bad, if I'm yeah, playing yeah. somebody from Japan, yeah, yeah. it's going to lag. Yeah. But yeah. just for like me versus somebody on the south side or north side, whatever it is, like it's, it's seamless. Oh. Okay. That's pretty sick. Wait. Yeah. Um. I wonder if OpenAI is ever interested in like Super Smash Bros. or Mortal Kombat or any of these type of games because that'd be cool. That'd be a very easy thing for them to train, right? Yeah. Like the 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 rule set for the for the training bot would be so easy. Um. Um. But you mean like like an AI piloting a character? Yeah, that yeah. exists. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's called it's called um, TAS. Is it already TAS. known to be way too OP or? Well. Well, yeah. But it's not like it's in competitions or no, no, no. But like, I, I wonder if you did that, 
could you do it for enough characters to truly know which character is the best oh purely oh, from an ai standpoint right so like we make mm-hmm. these s tiers based on people so like maybe maybe because there's 10x more people playing fox which is why fox is higher also <laughs> because fox's development gets grown faster because of the amount of people who play it right mm. uh but i wonder if you go through ai system it's a non-biased system which will definitively say this character with its attributes and the ai system is the best right so pretty much every character would have ten thousand games for example mm. right then you yeah. compare them and you'll see okay which character in a bracket of whatever 32 16 64 whatever right. is the best i actually I, i'm not sure if that's ever happened mm. but i feel like that's a cool thought experiment like that'd be kind of neat does so but ai the ai needs to operate based on pre-existing data no yeah yeah that's the thing there's not a lot of pre-existing data for game watch there's all the pre-existing data in the world for fox yeah so um it can but it can also learn on its own so right. for example open ai when they did dota yeah. um they just gave rule set so for example the rule set is like make sure you kill this one thing, right? That's your goal, right? Yeah. And then slowly learn on its own. Okay, this is what mm-hmm. I have to do in order to get there. Like maybe it's not a direct straight line to get to my goal. Mm-hmm. Maybe they found more success taking this roundabout way, right? Um, and then through successive games, like if they played themselves, each other, like yeah. an AI against AI, like 10,000 times, a million times or something like that, they learn these things mm-hmm. where they can get to a point where they're better than the pros. Mm, um, nice. That's some kind of something they did with chess and go and yeah, all those stuff. But those things that. is a bit different because um, the number of moves can become a finite number. But yeah. when it comes to games like Super Smash Bros, Dota, and things like that, you can get you will get potentially infinite, <clears throat> but it can still get better. Like yeah. these AIs can literally be like more newer players and eventually intermediate players and so on and so forth right Right. um i feel like that'd be such a cool project you know what like i'm gonna keep that in mind and as much as ai scares me um for science i'm curious yeah yeah that'd be really cool that'd be really really cool that would cut yeah i mean you i feel like some people might complain that it ruins the magic of the game but i feel like not really like chess is still going on like they know chess bots are better than chess players it's fact yeah. it's factual they they know every single play possible in the book but Same chess is the, still a fun game it's still a romantic game people still love playing it right yeah yeah and same with uh same with uh melee like you can watch videos online of not just fox but especially fox um, the task gameplay, which is the AI, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, learned Fox. Just it, it it actually puts in inputs faster than humans can, but the game allows for it though. Yeah, so that's actually a cool thing too because I think so. My experience is through through Dota. <coughs> they have something similar with their AI, but they can slow it down to be comparable to humans. So they could slow down the input. So like they, you, like right. you can test input speed of different people. Obviously, pro players have higher or yeah. faster input speed than like non-pro. They can adjust that number. Right. So then it's even closer related to how a human would react, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's cool because it's like yeah. it's literally uh, it's a optimization theory, right? At that point, you try to optimize to see who's the best, right? What's right. the best? Who's the best? Kind of thing. That's so interesting. Um, well, one thing we know for sure is Bowser's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't need AI for that. Feels bad. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Bowser. All right, cool. Um, if you're okay, we move on to. I just want to talk more about your uh your artists and sure. your music yeah. and stuff. So, uh, let's start 
a bit further back. Let's start in like first year university. What was your goal? What was your process? What was your thought? How did it change? How did you get to where you are? Right. So like, it's almost like our career isn't just made up of what we do for work, but it's a kind of accumulation of our past mistakes, failures, and successes. Right. Yeah. And I think education is probably the start starting point. Right. Like you know, we obviously have to go to school K through twelve, but I think feel like year one university is when you have some freedom to choose. And how did that time get to where you are now? If you could just tell your story, Ejaz. For sure, yeah. Um, can I take like uh, I think another half a shot real quick, dude? No, <laughs> no worries, no Sick. worries. This guy's had a long day. We really appreciate him coming. Uh, he pretty much yeah, had a no long worries. drive and work right before this, so um, we very much appreciate. So he deserves like a drink. Know? No, 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 dude. I uh, I'm thinking about my sleep a little bit. You know, no, no worries, no worries. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool too because you can go through all your other jobs too. I feel like all your jobs kind of. Oh. I'm, I'm a jazz of all trades. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but I actually had so many. I, I used to work at TNT. Let's go. Oh, Sick. wait, what did you do Use at TNT? That Mandarin. I stocked. Uh, I stocked the frozen department. Nice. It was, uh, it was interesting. Love it. One guy just taught me Filipino swears, <laughs> and then I don't remember any of them. I can teach you one. Uh, let's, let's, let's take this off here. okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and i'm just gonna take my sweater off too yeah no worries damn that's cool i feel like we need like a part two just for you <laughs> well i'm down to hang i'm i'm down to hang out as long as you guys want i usually go to bed pretty late um but if you want a part two man that's all good in the hood with me too let's see where we go, yeah. we go. Let's all go. right <laughs> it begins at the dawn of time story of ejaz let's go oh, shit. um <laughs> I knew I wanted to be an artist um, long before university. I knew, I knew. I think in junior high, okay, that, that, that's what I wanted to do. But I've had many other. I I love everything, like my my Instagram uh, handle right now is Ejaz Loves Love. That was kind of like a uh, and my YouTube channel. Um, that was something that I said to my boss when I worked in Japan. Uh, I said that I love love, and she said, "Oh, Ijazu, Ravzu, Ravzu." I was like, "Oh, I just I like that." You so, just flowed. Yeah, but I love love, and I love loving things, and I love so many things. Um, really? Yeah, hell yeah, love is the best. Op, <laughs> love is op. Um, and but I've wanted to be a pro snowboarder at one time. Wanted to be a pro Counter Strike player at one time. Wanted to be a cartoonist. Um. I've kind of been all over the place, but I think all of those were me being like really hyped up about something that I got interested in, but music wanting to be an artist never left once I had the idea. Like it was always part of the plan, even if I wanted to take a, a step in some other direction too. So those, those other plans, how how long did that usually last for you? Like you want to be a pro snowboarder, like, you know, you yeah. You you got your foot wet. You dove into it, and then when were you like, okay, this is about? When I realized that the mountains were too far for me. Mm, okay, fair enough. And I just like couldn't feasibly practice to be a pro at Snow Valley. Right. Okay. <laughs> fair, <laughs> enough. Sense, fair enough. Fair enough. Like I knew one guy that was sponsored by Red Bull when I was in high school or junior high. Um, his parents paid for him to go to Banff and Jasper like every weekend. Wow. I was like, all right, Duh. bro. I see you. Like. Yeah. Is he a pro snowboarder now? Yeah, uh, well, he was at the time, and I, I'm not friends with him still. Oh, I see. But he was pro for his age. Yeah. He was entering comps and stuff. So. Nice. It was pretty cool. Um, 
so that kind of as soon as I realized that, but I'm the kind of guy that like I still want to make a music video of me snowboarding. You know, yeah. I want my skills to all be a part of the full project. Um, when I broke my ankle and I was pretty like unable to do a lot of stuff, that's when I was playing hella Counter Strike, and I was like, "Damn, like should I should I try to go over this?" <laughs> um, is this the global offensive days? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That and was when it. Yeah. It was lit. I didn't. I'm not. I'm. I'm unfortunately not an OGCS. Oh, I'm an OGCS. I have mad respect for all yeah. of them. I played like a little bit of 1.6, but I just, I just wasn't playing it back then. Mm, I see. I didn't have a PC. Um, when I got a PC, it was when CS:GO was kind of bubbling. Yeah. Um, I wanted. To, yeah, I considered Melee as well. Um, when I was in grade five, I wanted to be a cartoonist. Um, but then when I went to grade seven, my dad made me take French instead of art. So oh, that's no. when that changed. Um, I don't know how to speak any French <laughs> except for, can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> did you um, always take like, did you learn some instruments also then? Yeah. So I play guitar, but that's not even really a huge part of my music right now. Okay. Um, I have like a unorthodox or like a strange skill level with guitar because I just kind of learned playing other people's songs. Like I never had any formal music theory instruction or anything like that. And I would like to take that at some point. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I, I would like to include guitar, other instruments, um, different styles of singing all into my music portfolio as time goes on. Um, but when I started making music, I, I kind of just tried to pick one thing to focus on and, and just grow from there just so. And so I chose rap because, um, because I didn't have a band. I didn't, I didn't, uh, feel consistent or confident, uh, in singing or being vulnerable in that way on a microphone. And, um, I was listening, I, I listened to a lot of hip hop, a lot of rap. So who's your favorite artist? My favorite rap artist is Kendrick Lamar. No man. Um, Jorge and I both also really like rap. Sick. I I think for me it's 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 like when I listen to Kendrick, he's my favorite. When I listen to J Cole, he's my favorite. J Cole for sure. And when I listen to Royce to Five Nine, he's my favorite. Okay. I kind of like that sometimes. I can't pick. Uh, my favorite artist in the whole world is Red Hot Chili Peppers, just for the record. Um, but wait, so what? What makes each of those artists appeal to you so much? Is it, is it the beat? Is it, is it the lyrics? Is it, is it the poetry? Like, mm. is it the combination? Is it their voice? Like, uh, lyrics has always been my favorite part right. of music, but I still love listening to instrumental songs. I, I love it all, but I guess what's touched me the most in my life has always been lyrics um and that's one of the main reasons why red hot chili peppers is my favorite artist because anthony kiedis's lyrics are one of a kind um he just sees the world in a really unique way and describes it in a really unique way and he's able to do it over and over again combined with a unique style with incredible chemistry between him and his bandmates um, if I form a band, I wouldn't want it to be like I'm just looking for some superstars at the instrument, and we like I want it to be organic. 
um, yeah. and, and we, we click in chemistry because that translates. Um, and that's just my favorite kind of music. Um, do you, do you yeah. produce all your own stuff right now? Like not all my own stuff, like occasionally. Um, it, it's one of those things where if I had more time right now, I, I, I delegate, I always, I always mix up delegate and relegate. Um, I didn't even know relegate was a word. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. This, <laughs> is, this is a good moment because I always mix them up. Relegate is consigned or dismissed to an inferior rank or position. Okay. So it's delegate. Delegate. I think it's yes. delegate. Yeah. I always delegate, or I am delegating uh, beats pretty often. Um, and that way is nice too because I try, if possible, to go with local producers so that we can support each other. Once in a while, you know, someone will hit me up uh, that I don't know, like not from Edmonton, or uh, I find something online and, and I'll hit them up for the beat or whatever it is. So beatstars.com is kind of like um, Spotify for producers, but you can also purchase leases and stuff. Oh, okay. So you hear something you like, and then you know you'll 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 you know get a rap to it, uh, whatever your lyrics are, and then you'll like license it and be like, okay, I want to yeah. use this for my. So I have an upcoming song called Frozen that I got the beat off Beat Stars, but generally speaking, I try to use local artists and I, I know our local producers, and I have a few friends that are, and they they make beat packs every so often. They send them to the rappers they know. Damn, that's and so cool. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So sick. I try to do that if I can, um, but. I, I feel what I feel, you know? So yeah. at the end of the day, I'm not going to give them special treatment because they're local, but if I can work with them and they're local, yeah. then that's amazing. Nice. I like to support. And, and that way we can, you know, help each other share and build the scene together. Like the Edmonton artist scene and producer scene is crazy. And I, and I think that, you know, I, 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 I see it bubbling and I want to be at the forefront of, of making it a, a big thing and making Edmonton known for that instead of just regular Alberta shit. Yeah. So it starts with us. Damn, that's, that's pretty um, cool. Yeah. I, I actually never knew about the beat pack and all that stuff. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um afterwards I'll give you an example in my email or something. Sure. <clears throat> but um so yeah. Um but I do like to produce when I can. Uh I came out with a song like a couple months ago, uh called Grocery Stores Trip Me Out and I started writing it when I was a superstore. And it was like right before Christmas and it was just super packed and like just the way people were behaving in there. I was like, this is just, people are strange, man. Like this is weird. Like there's like, there's, there's grocery store traffic, you know, like not that it was busy, but there was, there was a system going on. Yeah. And it just, it, it was just like, just how people behave and when they're all in a rush. Um, and then I, and I think about things like, you know, how, no one's killing for all this stuff. And there's all this like meat and people are just meh, 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 meh. Like all these things are flying through my head. So I just made a song. I don't know if you guys heard of the YouTuber, um, Damien Luck or, uh, like Yodi land, Yodi gang. No. Um, he went hella viral recently. He basically just goes into different places and smokes hella weed out his weed pen. And, <laughs> and that's, that's basically almost it, but he produces too. He has a certain vibe, and me and my me and my boys were kind of like watching his videos for a while. So I made this beat when I got home from the grocery store that was inspired by his style, and then I made the song to it, and the beat slaps. Oh, nice! Um, are you able to listen to it right now? For sure. Uh, I mean, probably. It's you guys are. So oh, I'm totally down for that. 
Um, uh, yeah. There's probably no issues. Let me pull it up. I think it'll go lightly into. Actually, I used to. Fuck. Okay. If, you, if I pause it for a second, I can play it where it's like directly record. All right, guys, we're back. I figured out the recording. We're gonna play um EJ has a song, Grocery Stores Trip Me Out. If you guys want, check him out on Spotify on EJ We're gonna listen to it and then we'll talk a bit about it. Uh, I think EJ is very interesting, so we might need another podcast just for this. <laughs> uh, so I'll pause it here and I'll play the song right after. Grocery store, trip me out, 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 grocery stores, trip me out. Not only when I'm smoking loud, they're kinda weird, hear me out. So many things come from cows, other animals and trees, from their fruits to their seeds. So many parts that we don't see, so much in the dark is haunting me. So many cogs in the machine, yet we rely on them for our needs. Walking up and down the aisles, shopping car traffic. Shit is wild. I feel like playing bumper cars. I feel like tearing myself apart. I feel like terraforming Mars. I feel like reaching for the stars. Grocery hey. stores trip me out. Grocery 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 stores they trip me out. Guys, that was a uh, that was a cool beat. I like it. Thank I you. like it. It was yeah. sick. Thank you. Uh, we definitely at the end of the podcast before we leave, we're gonna listen to another one. Yeah, I think. sick. I I wanted to show you guys a song, and yeah, maybe towards the end, uh, I I made it uh, four days ago. I didn't make the beat, but uh, I put the rest together in like four hours. And that's not always how it is. Like I have songs that I've been working on for two years that aren't out yet. That's just how that one was. Damn, oh, life of an artist. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is um but that song came to me in a similar way as this where i i woke in the morning um and i was off that day and i had some like creative work to do for the day so i woke up and i i took a bong rip and i was playing (laughs) with my kitty and he's so sweet like i love him so much and i let him in the backyard and he was just kind of romping around and this beat came on on spotify i was listening to some lo-fi beats because i i love um lo-fi is like home for me yeah, I have a lot of different sounds I want to explore, but I love lo-fi. This one came on, and then I was looking at him. All these emotions started coming, and then I just like Aww. I made a song for my cat, and then that's the one I'll show you guys later. Damn, that's pretty Stay cool. Tuned. Wait, um, so a couple questions there. Uh, how do you like? How do you find your inspirations? I guess like is it just random? So like we already talked about one from the grocery store, one from your cat. Like, mm. is there 
do you have like a tried and true method yet or are you still testing out the waters of how that gets to you yeah a lot of testing of waters um developing of a so so-called process but at the same time art in my opinion is about experimentation so i don't want to get confined to one thing either That's but right. it's still good if i'm trying to from a business perspective if i have like a method or a, pro- a product productivity point of view if i have like if i want to write a song and i have like something i can do to kind of start that process instead of so but it, it honestly kind of depends it honestly just always depends on the scenario these situations i don't control at all i don't force it i just am existing and then a idea pops yeah and then i i hope to to uh for the sake, lack of a, a better term, hope to God that I have the time to act on it immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I don't, I'll try my best to do what I can. I'll jot some notes down. But I realized that, like, when I started doing all this, sometimes I get an idea for a song, and I write four four lines down, eight lines down, and then I go, okay, I got a gist of it, but I'm busy, so I can come back to it later. And it just, it doesn't... It, it doesn't always work. It more often doesn't work than, uh. than not because I don't get to pick when I'm inspired like or when I'm feeling that feeling. It's hard to force something like that sometimes, especially like I don't know what's going to happen the rest of my day. Yeah. Right? So I try my best to do it, to do as much as I can when it's there. Yeah. And I remember the first time I decided to do that was when I was writing a song about a girl that I loved. It was the first time I was like, no, don't do what you normally do. Don't just write four lines. You're feeling this thing right now. Like, live it. I was I was shitting on the toilet. <laughs> All right, I that's had, usually I a good spot. A, I had half a log <laughs> <laughs> coming out the ass, and I was ready to, like, finish that up and take a shower and then leave the house because I had to leave. But I just stayed on the toilet, and I finished this whole song. Oh, nice. And we never dated or nothing, but she loved it. Oh, I mean, that's, so that's a pretty romantic uh, gesture, I guess. It's real. It wasn't even, yeah. yeah, it was very real. And it was a good moment for sure. Like I, I, I needed to, to have that because I had just so many like just I unfinished ideas. That over, and I'm not, I'm the kind of person that when they pile up, like it really stresses me out when all these things pile up, these ideas and potential projects like... I, I like I haven't had the feeling of not having a lot of things on my plate in a very long time. I and I'm looking forward to that cuz I remember what it feels like and it feels great. Yep. So Saturday mornings um, cartoons. Yeah. Shit like that. You know, like it's not I don't think it's that that feeling is um unavailable now that I'm 29 or something. It's just that life's different responsibilities are different. Mm-hmm. But I'm choosing a life path that is different from the norm so that I can feel the Saturday morning cartoon vibes from time to time and so on and other stuff. Nice. But yeah, so yeah, for that one, you know, grocery store tripped me out. It was a random four-hour endeavor, but I have a project that I've been working on since I started being an artist, which was um, six years ago, and I still have a project in the works from then. Oh, nice. So six years ago like what what gave you the courage or whatever it is to say that hey i'm gonna commit to this 
or I was like, I, I feel like I always wanted to do it. And then I was like, I can't, like I'm waiting. I'm just waiting and waiting and I'm miserable. I was fucking depressed. Like I was very, very depressed and I wanted to die. (laughs) I was like, what can I do (laughs) that I'm not doing now that can make me not want to die? Oh, I want to be an artist. Maybe I should just start. Because I always was really good at rapping other people's songs and singing other people's songs, and that gave me the confidence that, oh, greatness can come out of my mouth. I just killed Forgot About Dre. <laughs> yeah. I just killed this random Chinese song. Um, so, you know, greatness can come out of my mouth. I just got to find my voice and my everything. But I don't know how to start. I don't have people around me to, like, look for look to for guidance. So I decided in that moment... Okay, well, I'll give myself <clears throat> um, three EPs. I'll give myself three EPs to figure myself out and figure out what I sound like, what direction I naturally gravitate towards. I'm not going to be too hard on myself, which I was incredibly hard on myself. But my first thought was I won't be too hard on myself because I'm figuring it out. Um, and then after the three EPs, maybe I'll try and work on an album or maybe I'll just have a better sense of direction, but I'm going to give myself these three projects to, to figure that all out. And that's how that started. And then these three projects turned into something much bigger and deeper than that. Um, it's called the Rebirth Trilogy um, because my depression got really bad. I had uh, extremely bad anxiety that piled on top of that. And they kind of just made this cocktail of, of, uh, debilitating, um, uh, feelings, and um. So the project kind of ended up having more meaning than just um me trying to figure my sound out. It was like a journey of how to navigate um these things and how to eventually overcome navigate these type of things and then hopefully this can be an inspiration for other people who have felt similarly and potentially a guide everyone's different but if they resonate hard enough with my journey and i'm gonna fucking kill it in the end you know hopefully it can be a helping tool so the first ep is called um no one is alone and that is about um the idea of being like completely trapped in darkness but one tiny ray of light just makes it through to your eyes like and how important that is and how much that can do for somebody because people that kill themselves they do it because they don't see a reason they don't see the light they don't see a reason to make it to tomorrow right there's no reason to go on and that's you know that one bit of light can be like a like yeah i I made a face there for those listening i made a face like (laughs) like imagine if you've been in indoors in the dark all day and then you go outside and you squint and like make a face like that kind of reaction to the light you know because you've been depressed so long you don't know how to see anything any other way um so that's what that one is about and it's called no one is alone because another person can maybe offer that light like they can come into your life seemingly out of nowhere um we're 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 social beings we're we're humans right so um humans for now but um 
The second EP is called Vision, and that is about what you can do with that light. And again, it, it people tend to kill themselves because they don't have a vision. They don't have anything to look forward to, right? If you have anything to look forward to, that's a reason to not kill yourself. So the second EP is about that loosely, right? Because it's me still talking about my life, right? It's not like just about that topic in particular. Like there's a song on the EP about my grandma who passed, right? And it's not it's not directly relatable to anybody else. But in my journey for the vision, part of the, the journey that was there. So it's, you know, on the EP. And um, they're both, the first one was six songs, second one, six songs. And I was going to do the third one, six songs too. Third EP is called Rebirth. And that's like what it's like to be in the light now and to navigate in the light and what it might feel like and, and how we can move from there. Um, but that one's going to be nine songs. It was going to be six at first. And I was trying to do the 666 thing because Iron Maiden um, was the first like the first band slash artist to really like transform my interest in music. Um, they have an album called number of the beast 666. So it was kind of an homage to them, but then eventually I realized I had more to say for the rebirth EP. So, um, I, I, I switched it to nine and, um, the rebirth EP is like, and at the same time though, according to my first, you know, um, idea for this project, I'm still growing as an artist and I'm still learning and, and, and adapting my sound and all that. So, um, I, I have a higher bar for myself each time and, and, and I'm aiming, I like, I don't, I refuse to let this project out if it sounds as good as my second EP. Like it needs to sound like it needs to be improvement way there. better. Yeah. Cause the second EP is w- much bigger improvement, at least in my eyes from the first one. Um, so, um, but the Rebirth EP, I ended up kind of, because I'm taking it so seriously, I almost started treating it as like an album. And I'm designing this EP based on um, what's called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Have you guys heard of that before? Yep. Yes. Yep. Nice. So you guys keep it real. See, <laughs> we that's how we you have know. a lot of psychology talk on this podcast. Yeah, so no yeah, it's very into that. No doubt. So my EP then is structured on that model, but the original model has five tiers. And there is like a, a dot, uh, ad- adopted model by some other psychology students that has eight tiers and it's separated into four into two halves. And the bottom half is deficiency needs. The top has top half is growth needs. Right. And so that's eight tiers, but I'm giving it nine songs because the first song is called rebirth. And then it goes into each song addresses each of those eight tiers. Oh, that's okay. So cool. That's a pretty cool theme. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to write about it when I'm really stuck at the bottom tiers for a mm. long time. It's hard to write about them. I've experienced the other tiers in my life. I have, but you know, um, I want it to be like authentic and not just pro- like guessing, I guess like not, uh, I don't know. How do I say? I um, mean, you don't want to rush your work either. Right? I don't want to rush you, my work. You want it to be, I mean, I think you can hear it. I think all of us can hear it. When you hear a song that really connects to the feelings of the artist, it's it's different, right? 100%. There's songs that are out there that they just, you know, they, they make their bangers. We know they're bangers. They follow formula. But then there's songs where it's like it connects on a different level. Yeah, yeah. And this is this this project isn't just for me. Um, 
you know, like I think really hard about like I love video games, I love stories my whole life. I love movies and anime and all that. So I think a lot about my lore. Yeah. Right? And what kind of lore I want to have. And so it ends up a lot of the times I don't re- release a lot of stuff. I'm not re- I'm not working on another album or another EP because I want my first three EPs to be this one, th- these three. Um and you know, I, I rather than me just trying to like make a career off it, which I want to do, it's like I would be really happy if, at the very least, I had like this trilogy out, and I could, if somebody was going through something, you know, and they found it, then that is more important to me. Does it? But the money is still important. <laughs> I mean, it is That's one of the needs. And, yeah. and crazy how you were able to plan all this. I have definitely had this annoying master plan and I say annoying because it's, there's been a lot of doubt and hiccups and roadblocks and stuff, but, um, it kind of evolved over time. Like I said, like it started off as just kind of a relatively meaningless, not meaningless, but less deep, just exploration of three projects. Right. I didn't Mm -hmm. plan on having themes or anything. Just kind of ended up being how my life went. You know, I just, I was, I was making music about the things that I was dealing with and about my journey and then it's kind of evolved into that and i'm still in my rebirth process right now you guys don't know this but i had uh long hair really long hair like down to my my belly button probably oh and um for my rebirth music video actually you can see in the the banner there that that photo was taken the day i shaved it um, oh damn you look a lot different yeah, yeah. um i i i well I, it's not too quick to pull a picture of me with long hair, but I can find one in a bit. But um, I've been working on a music video for the song Rebirth that took a year to film. Oh my God. God damn. And because I wanted scenes in like yeah. each of the different seasons. Oh, wow. And well, um, freaking artist very, very blessed. Shout out to Patrick Lalonde, AKA um, underscore turtle snaps on Instagram incredible videographer incredible human being um he saw one of my shows like during the second ep era and asked me if i wanted to work on a project he liked my style and that show for every song i switched an outfit like i had seven bags of outfits planned and like between each songs i just quickly like (laughs) like changed outfits um down because dedication i my logic was like well i like I, I very much uh, care about my outfits and they make me feel different ways and think different ways. Excuse me. But additionally, I was kind of trying to make up for all the live shows I haven't done up until that point. Um, almost giving myself like seven different like live show experiences because I got seven different outfits on. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, man, if you got any projects that you want to work on like let me know i'd be interested and i was like well i have this one (laughs) pretty big not sure if you want to do it and he was like yeah man i'm down he didn't like he wanted to do with me because he fucked with the vision yeah like it was not about money or nothing yeah and so he's a bro for life for sure that's cool um and so we just finished filming for that last october um, we didn't start editing yet because we've both been hella busy. I would like to release the EP this year. Certainly the music video I'd like to release this year, um, this summer, hopefully. Um, 
I didn't even record the song yet. I had the lyrics written for like two years. But how do you do yeah. the the music videos? Just like I have the time? beat. Oh, yeah. How do you? I have the beat. Okay. I have the lyrics. Yeah. I just have not made the recording yet. Oh. Because I couldn't get swag right. I couldn't get the the feeling right. I see. Okay. Like the day that I wrote it, it was all there, but I kind of had to workshop the delivery. But yeah. the feeling was there to the day I wrote it. But I wasn't able to access the feeling for like a very long time. I see. Okay. And I didn't again, like, because it's so important. I didn't want to go into it and and try and record it when the feeling wasn't there. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, I I feel it. Damn, it's a very uh cool artist. I feel like I, is he just one of like the first artists we have on here? Yeah, really impressive. Bless. Yeah, yeah that's very me. cool. That's you. very cool. Um, because like the thought process is so different. So like Viv and I are both in like the technical professional world. So like mm. everything's blocked out and like sequential and planned and all this shit. But um, this is a very cool way of like the outlook and and the work is all very different. Mm. Not necessarily. I feel like I also have a creative side, mm. an artsy side. So when you were talking about. <laughs> When you were talking about writing your songs and how you didn't want to just write like four lines and you wanted to like keep it going or else you might like lose the momentum yeah. and lose the inspiration. I used to write a lot of poetry and like short writing bits. Let's go. Yeah. And then so if I got like inspiration from something random, like sitting on a bus or just people watching or things like that, then I would literally just stop myself in the moment too, just so I could like finish a bit. Because if I only wrote down the short little like words that popped in my head then i would not be able to finish it later on so i definitely related to that when you said that sweet that reminds me of a line of a cool line that i got from a game called doki doki literature club i don't know if you guys heard of that game no it's kind of traumatizing it's pretty intense but um it's a free game on steam um there's a line in that game though where one of the girls says a poem never really stops uh, a poem never really ends; it just stops moving. Mm. That kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. Because like, if you stop the poem there, you're stopping it. But like, if you just kind of keep with the flow, it does. It won't stop. It'll just stop. It won't end. Sorry, it'll just stop moving. And that's when you kind of just you feel it. You feel that like, this is this is it. Right. Yeah. I get it. Feels pretty good to finish writing like a poem or something like that and it like wraps up really nicely right totally 100 percent um yeah respect uh writing poems is tight and it's a dying art people don't do it anymore i definitely don't do it i mean i love reading shit but i don't know about making stuff you just try writing like a couplet maybe i mean eventually i have to i I assume eventually for my toastmaster stuff i have to write speeches and stuff so i mean writing will have to begin but this is creative type of writing i feel like is a lot different but i don't know well if i'm gonna get really artsy about it i mean anything can be poetic like true i think delivery matters i think intentionality matters but like a poem doesn't have to be a i think maybe a lot of people when they hear poem they think it's like you know max like 16 lines or something yeah something like that but art is free form man there's no rules that's true that's true um so for you i guess you did start off kind of tough and going through the stuff was music kind of like a therapy for you like not just listening but like your own creation and stuff 
Yeah, and I I didn't really realize that at first because I was just being hard on myself and I was yeah. like, oh, it's not good enough, it's not good enough. But what I was really doing is healing. Yeah. But certainly listening to music has has been such a force for sure. Um. And um. Oh, I was gonna say something about last train of thought. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Yeah. That's cool, dude. You have a. Uh, oh, I sorry. I remember what I was gonna say is that I never actually answered your question about university and stuff, which we can get back to that after as well. But um, I kind of tangented all the way from like early. I mean, childhood. just give us some uh, chronological stuff, right? So maybe there's people out there who wants to do what you do or inspired by what you do, right? Yeah. Like, all right, how did you get up to there? And then from there, like, what was the what was your first steps kind of thing like that? Right? Yeah. Um, did you want, sorry, did you want me to, do that now or should did you want to finish the point you were gonna say no 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 that was good you can start yeah yeah. um so yeah like i said i i knew i wanted to be an artist very early which is a blessing i know a lot of people don't know what they want to do for a long time and i know this because everyone tells that to me when i say i knew for a long time Mm, yeah but i knew but i didn't act on it for a long time um and i thought about going to grant mac for music i did but i took chinese in high school and I took Chinese in high school because I had to take a language because I started off in IB. And wow. I was like, well, what brown guy knows Chinese? Let's go. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Actually. And I kind of was already interested in Asian cultures. All of it goes back, bro, to The Legend of Zelda. Legend All of, of Zelda. it goes back to Zelda is Why where is I try to trace. Link was like the first thing that I wanted to really be. I think like I like Link is 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 like in my soul. I love Legend of Zelda. Me too. And I just played. I just beat Breath of the Wild finally for the first time the other day. So nice. Let's go. But Do Ocarina you of Time, like all the side quests and everything. No, because I come on. Well, no, I I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Uh, no, I didn't. Um, I don't want to find six hundred Karak seeds. Man, that's. <laughs> Fucking whatever. You you like, can fuck up some things and you'll never be able to find it again ever, ever again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mostly wanted to just say that I completed it. I knew the second one's coming out, um, and I wanted to know the story and stuff. But it's it's huge. Like if you want to do everything in that game, it takes a long time. And I didn't even beat Elden Ring yet, so it's like I, I got to priorities. Yeah, <laughs> priorities. But anyway, so. Zelda, when I played N64, Zelda, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, um, I wanted to be Link. I thought that I would be Link eventually. Like I'd like get like Zelda would come in a portal someday in the future and be like, Ejaz, we need you to take Link's spot in Hyrule. And I'd be like, say less. <laughs> <laughs> say less. I've been ready for this moment yeah. my whole life. <laughs> Obviously, that hasn't happened yet, but you never know. Um. So uh, that started it all. That got me interested hella in uh, video games, especially Asian video games. So that's where the Asian thing comes from. Um, but I played SSX on tour, a snowboarding game. That's where I heard, first heard Iron Maiden for the first time. And I went, whoa, what did I just hear? Like I already liked music, but I was like, what was that? Yeah. That song was crazy. And everything changed from that moment for music. But for in terms of me being more interested in Japanese games and stuff that also started with Zelda because it's not like you know a JRPG or anything but it's Nintendo it's Japanese game and um, so I started to get interested in that kind of stuff 
And then, yes, I took Chinese in high school. Um, and then when it was time to graduate high school, I said, well, what should I do? Most of my friends are going to the U of A. Um, I kind of want to go to Grand Mac for music, but all my friends are going to the U of A. And I love Chinese. I actually went to China twice by the time I finished high school. Oh, like my, the program where the exchange student exchange One program? time was with the school. One time was my mom. Oh, Because okay. she used to work for WestJet. Oh. So um, I used to get mad hookups. And yeah. airlines get together um, once a year, like different airline companies and their crews get together once a year at a different random spot throughout the world. And they do a foot race for fun. Yeah. So, so it cool. was in China one of those years. Me and my mom went. And then I also went with my classmates one time. Yeah. So I loved it there. I loved I loved the feeling of going up to a Chinese person, them not expecting me to say anything in Chinese. Yeah. Every time they'd be like, what? What's happening? Yeah. It's like Xiao Ma on, on YouTube, right? Uh, I have never seen that. Oh, yeah. He's just the, one of the like guys who speak a bunch of languages, but he always impresses the Chinese people and stuff. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I thought that would be me too. <clears throat> but anyway, so... Um, I ended up going to the U of A. My major was East Asian Studies. My minor was Chinese. But when I start, I also was learning Japanese and Korean. Oh. I just went full send. And my logic was, I really love talking to people. I just want to see how many ways I can talk to people. And I was like, you know, K-pop was kind of lit. Um, I, lef- I loved um, Visual K, which is like Japanese, like a Japanese metal subgenre. So I was like, I want to make music in these languages too. I'm going to get famous easy peasy. That's usually a plan. We all had that plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of how that links up to me wanting to be an artist and stuff is like, um, I thought I would have more reach inter- additional to me just liking learning the languages and stuff. So um, yeah, that's kind of how that started. And then I, um, I graduated five years after that, so in 2016. Um, and yeah, like I still have all these ambitions for sure. Um, I have a song on my new EP called Hope Sick that is written. Um, but I have w- one line. I have four lines in it that are in Japanese. Yeah. Um, and yeah. when I did that, I was like, yo, I should do what K-pop bands do and make like a Japanese version of this song. Yeah. So I am going to do that at some point. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking forward to hearing that one then. Me too. Yeah, me too. And then you also said you spent a year in Japan? Yes. So right before, the year before COVID, yeah. um, I needed a break from my life here. Yeah. And uh, one of my, my first roommate ever is from Tokyo. Uh, when I, I moved out when I was 20 and uh, I was friends with an exchange student named Sho. Shout out to Sho one time. Sho Taro Kojima. And um, he had a dope ass townhouse just off White Ave. He asked me if I wanted to move in. I said, hell yeah. And, you know, we're kind of fam. And then he told me if I wanted to come to Japan at that time, he would help me figure it out and, like, find a place. And actually, he said he had a, his parents had a place I could stay at for a bit. So I did that, and I went for a year. And I didn't have a job lined up, but I got a working holiday visa. So you're allowed to 
leave without an employer. They expect you to find work. And then it's a year max you can have that visa. Um, so I, I just kind of like didn't really have a plan. I tried applying for an English teaching job. I thought I was going to get it for sure. Didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Sag. And then um, I ended up working at a rock climbing gym. Oh, <laughs> nice. Because I was climbing a lot at the time. Yeah, yeah. So I just went to this one place called B-Pump Tokyo. And um, shouts out B-Pump Tokyo. And um, Kyoto-san. And, um, and then uh, I just went to go climb. And then the guy at the front desk, spoke English yeah and my Japanese was like okay at that point but he spoke English I was like yo you guys you guys hiring and then I got an interview in like a week and then I started working there they like to have a foreigner on deck because that gym has a lot of foreign clients yeah so I'm like actually very valuable yeah as long as I can actually speak with them too like the the coworkers. yeah yeah Yeah. so I worked there for a year taught one beginner rock climbing lesson just one but it was lit in Japanese it was very cool um yeah and uh i mean i could talk about japan for a long time i had had some wild experiences there i had some really enlightening moments for sure um we'll have to get you back on for that yeah yeah like i i like my mind was kind of racing there i mean that's pretty cool i feel like this is very reminiscent of uh of our izzy episodes where there's just so many stories back and forth non-stop i'm gonna i'm gonna write that on my notes just whether or not we get to right now but yeah no just fyi for you ejaz um i have a good friend izzy i haven't spoken for a while but he's pretty much he's a bit older closer to retirement but he has all these stories from working around the world and you know last time he was on the show he was talking about working in china to working in brazil to like crazy parties to his yachts and his yacht in england and stuff like that oh, it was just <laughs> yeah i mean it's nice. pretty cool stories but i mean i think you've been considering you're the same age as us it's it's you've been through some crazy stories too yourself so that's that's very exciting very cool thanks yeah certainly bless up to my mom too for working for WestJet for a while because that definitely was a catalyst for a lot of that yeah that like kind of drove you to travel a bit more i guess seek these different areas where yeah, for sure. you're not too familiar right? i caught the travel bug when i was like 16 yeah yeah nice well it is nice until you get older and broker and then you can't ever scratch you can't ever like scratch the itch and then you're like fuck i mean we all fall in this trap right like yeah. if you don't grow older and broker you grow older and you get a job and you know you don't have the holidays and stuff and all of a sudden you're not you know you're, you're working for the next thing but not not to do what you actually want to do mm-hmm. sometimes right yeah mm. I feel yeah. Anyways, um, do you want to add anything on to kind of tie that all together for how your career was? Or yeah, for the listener, I mean, we bounced around a lot there, and that actually is a pretty accurate glimpse into my brain. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. Well, here we are now. I'm uh, I'm working on this EP. I, uh, I'm really excited to find out what it feels like for it to be done because since I had the idea when I first started being an artist, I don't know what it's like to not have a project on my list as an artist. And that's stressful, actually. It's very stressful for me, even though I'm excited that I have the project and that I have something to work on and that I care about. Like you're stressful because you know there's going to be a end time for this or you're going to be complete this one day or no i'm stressed because i have never i can't feel that freedom i want i want this 
free artistic expression with no agenda mm. feeling. Yeah. And they come in the form of like random singles, like, like these ones and stuff. But, um, in terms of like, a, actually, I already know what my, I want my first album to be. <laughs> um, I want it to be called changes and I want to treat it like a research project, like university style. Cause I want to use my university skills, which are, wasn't the world's best student, but the skills that I did learn on how to research and stuff. Um, and I want my songs to be about the state of the world in various ways. And I want them to be citable and sourceable. Um, but to do that, I would need a lot of time to actually like read research papers and, and like, make songs on them. Like pretty much your lyrics are going to be like the research that's yes. citable. That's you can go fun. back. Yeah. Yes. So that's Cause no intense. one's doing that. I'm trying to change the rap game. Well, at least be a, a unique force. Yeah. I, I try to think about if I'm entering the rap game, I care a lot about hip hop and I don't want to be no culture vulture. Mm-hmm. I want to think about how, how can I, same with Smash Bros. Like how, what can I contribute to the community in a different way? Yeah. And I was like, no one's doing that. And that's something I can do. And that excites me that I want to do. Um, And it would be great for me too, because I feel like I have a lot of thoughts on the state of the world, but it'd be nice to be able to back them up better. Yeah. 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 Like we have all these headlines that we always grab and persuades our thoughts, but if we actually have something to back it up, it'd be like, okay, this is uh, not just music. This is me expressing my knowledge on this and giving you guys a glimpse of that. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's super cool to be like interested in all the other things too. Like I think a lot of people try to pick one lane. They're like, oh, I'm an artist, so science is not really my thing. Or yeah. vice versa or whatever. But I'm like, yo, fuck that. In my song Vision that we briefly heard a moment of earlier, I have some mega science bars in there. Because mm, um, nice. at the time I had the mental space to like research some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm really into like quantum mechanics and stuff when I have the time Sick. and mental space. And so I have a line uh, in that song. Um, I say like, Hit these home runs, my bat swings faster. If you think you all that, well, I'll be that or I want so many rings, my hands be Saturn. I don't see me in the mirror. I just see patterns, vibrations, vibrations. So that, I started to get into the quantum chart. And then I go, in a quantum state, and I got my citations. Navigate the field, choose the path where I make it. Those lines are about like, so vibrations, that's like, according to quantum mechanics, we are not actually made of particles we're actually simply just vibrations and our bodies are just tighter vibrations than over here within a quantum mechanical field and uh in a quantum state and i got my citations my citations is sean carroll he's one of the world's leading yeah. quantum physicists which is dope because i love him he's a podcast that's why i know about him yeah and then navigate the field choose the path where i make it it's referring to the many worlds theory that he champions which is like that there's infinite realities. Mm-hmm. And if there's infinite realities, I'm making this one the one where I make it. Like, I and uh, I think I have a line about my my waves of gravity will be detected by LIGO. Because um, LIGO was the, the machine that they made to... Um, Einstein um, had a theory that black holes made gravitational waves, but it was never officially detected. 
and the year that I made that song, it was detected. So I was like, my waves of gravity will be detected by LIGO. Yeah. Nobody gets it unless I explain it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but it's there. I mean, most, I think most very deep uh, rap songs, it's, there's like layers to it too, right? There's layers of definition. There's yeah. like a base layer of definition, but very rarely do we have the opportunity to talk to the actual artists who wrote it to, you know, explain their thought process to it, right? So that's pretty cool that we have you on for that too, right? I feel exactly the same. I feel like blessed uh, for the opportunity to to explain myself a little bit. <laughs> Blessings ours, man. We're just uh, we're just random uh, random Edmontonian podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> well, not for long. <laughs> That's true. We have e- we have Ejaz now. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, we have. Uh, you're literally the most famous person on here now. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> And it'll 10 only monthly go up. listeners, let's fucking get it. Baby. It'll only go up from here. Trust me. Do you want to uh, end with one of your songs? Do you? Do you I would wanna? love to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's uh? So what's the one you want? I wrote this song like four days ago or five days uh, five days ago. Okay. Um, similar fashion to the grocery store song, um, in the sense that the inspiration came and I acted on it immediately, and I I had the time and space to, um, to make a song out of it. It was a song for my cat because I love my cat. That's and, so cute. Uh, he's really sweet. He was a rescue cat. He was on the streets um, before he was rescued. So we don't know exactly when he was born or his parents and all that, right? And, you know, like I'm getting to know him pretty well. And you can tell that he was on the streets for a little bit, right? Yep, yep. And, and he's a really sweet boy. Nice. So I, uh, you know, sometimes I uh, got to live my life and do other things besides play with him. But I just want him to know that I care. Fair enough. Uh, before we end it off with that, anything else you guys want to add specifically? I want all your shout outs, whatever you want <laughs> right now. Shout out to the JV podcast <laughs> hey, one time. Shout outs to, um, shout out to the melee scene. Shout out to both my parents. They've been epic lately in my life. Um, shout out to my friends. They've been really supportive lately and always. Um, honestly, if I really, I could shout out for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could, but um, that's it for now. That's nice. it for now. I mean, um, you're always welcome back. That's for sure. Thank um, you. If you guys want to check out Ejazz, E-J-A-Z-Z on uh, Spotify. Thank you. Uh, SoundCloud is, what do they search? What's <laughs> it's the SoundCloud. Dot, well, if you search Ejazz, it'll pop up. But my okay. like, link is, all of my links are kind of different. Like my YouTube is YouTube at Wavy Boy. Okay. SoundCloud is Dr. Coniferous. I just, I have a bunch of different. If you look at my bio right there, yep. I have that many different aliases. I see, I see. We'll uh, we'll get um, all the links. We'll put it all on the description of our po- of our podcast. So, uh, um, but I think the most content goes on my YouTube channel. E Jazz loves love. That's what I'm putting a lot into it right now as well. So, I do vlogs. I do gaming content. I do music stuff. Um, I mean, you're multifaceted. So, if you're a Super Smash Bros. fan, check this guy out. If you're into music, check this guy out. Facts. Or if you just want to see what E Jazz is up to, check out his YouTube. Right? Hell yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and yeah. I appreciate every one of you, whether you check it out or not. I mean, there's not that many listeners, but we do appreciate you guys. Yes, yeah. yes, we uh, do. Viv, anything else, Dad? Um, go support 
my new friend Ijaz. Let's go. Hey, thank you. <laughs> All right. So the song Caven. No, actually, okay. um, I'm gonna just two seconds. Actually, to send it to you. It's yeah. Private. Let's send go, dude. This is new song, oh not even out anywhere. Okay, guys? guys. So it's gonna. This is the first time you guys will hear. That's fact. My sore eyes have a beautiful thing in their sight I know you used to roam the streets alone in the night Sometimes you give me cold shoulders if we having a fight But when you give me that look, no, it's gonna be alright Yeah, it's gonna be alright, let me show you the light Yeah, I know this noisy world can really cause such a fright Yeah, I know it's hard to separate the wrong from the right Just remember what home is whenever we fight, you hear me? Because if you leave my world then I will miss you dearly I miss you near me Thought alone makes me feel dreary Eyes teary At times I'm weary And it makes it hard to cry clearly Let me take the time to tell you how you giving me life When I come home from a day of turmoil and strife When your youthful energy awakes me early every morning A beep a bop a beep a doop a joke with your bite When we met you were a tiny little bundle of energy now you're just a slightly bigger bundle of energy You're not like the other kids, you stand out like E.T. But when you accept who you are, then you can truly be free When we met, you were a tiny little bundle of energy Now you're just a slightly bigger bundle of energy You're not like the other kids, you stand out like E.T. But when you accept who you are, then you can truly be free Every time 